Let's go to the book of Acts today. Again, to all of our guests, we honor you. And uh, to all that have joined us online today, may the Lord richly bless you. We are so very thankful to have you with us online today. We are blessed every week to have folks gather with us in our online community from all around the world. And uh, that is truly a blessing. As long as the Lord helps us and allows, we'll continue uh, to do that. I'm seeing every single day that the internet is being more and more and more regulated. Um, just, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, there was an accident of some young Marines and a sailor in California. One of those Marines, uh, his mother went to school with my wife in college. And so we, we personally have a connection to one of those young soldiers. And um, their picture was going around on Facebook and talking about their accident. And uh, my father had shared it, and it was removed because people don't, they don't want us to know about the land of the free and the home of the brave. But uh, I'm, I'm asking you, please, to hold the families of those people up before the Lord. And there are a couple that were affected that are, that are not in great condition in the hospital. And so we need the Lord to touch and, and to heal. But we need him to heal our land. We need him to heal our land. And I believe that he will. We're going to the book of Acts, chapter 27. I'm going to jump around on you in the chapter a little bit because it's, it's a long reading, but I just want to hit some high points. If we could, 27 of Acts in verse number 1. When it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And entering into a ship, we launched meaning to sail by the coast of Asia. One Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, being with us. The next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over to Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. Now listen to this. There, the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy, and he put us on that ship. And when we had sailed slowly for many days, and scarce were come over against the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmone. And hardly passing it came into a place which is called the Fair Havens. Nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia. Now when much time was spent and when sailing was now dangerous. Because the fast was now already passed. Follow this with me church. Paul admonished them. And he said, sirs, I perceive, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion 
believe the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Paul said, there's fixing to be a wreck. The master of the ship said, I disagree. We have been told time after time after time after time after time, listen to the professionals, listen to the professionals, listen to the professionals. We're trying. But when you feel something in the Holy Ghost that's contrary, well, this may be a little tight here today, but when the professionals are saying, you can gather in the streets, but you can't gather in the church. I think somebody ought to speak up and say, I perceive that this journey will be with much hurt, much pain, not only to the vessel, but to our bodies. So we're, we'll hit this in just a minute, but the ship ends up wrecking. Some of them came in on broken pieces. They come to Malita. The viper jumps out of the fire, grabs Paul on the hand. Very, very difficult time. Uh, and we're going to preach about it today, but I want to talk to you about making the best out of a bad situation. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I'm going to do my best to preach to you today, and uh, I'm going to try to keep this like a good delivery pizza, Domino's or whatever. We're going to try to do it in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. If I happen to go over, then I guess you owe me money, so I don't know. We'll figure it all out. We'll try to get it all worked out. So Saul uh, has been converted. He has become a man of God. He carries around a lot of guilt in his heart from what he had done. And because of who he was, he feels that pressing urgency to tell people all over his known world that if God can do it for me, then he can do it for you. You know, Paul's story really kind of changes our personal narrative, if we will let it, because some of us say because of where we've been, we're not worthy to do it. But Paul said, because of where I've been, I need to do it. Because of who I was, I need to tell somebody else that God is still able. Paul said, I was a wicked man. I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of. And because of who I was, I feel like telling you who he is. And he went without fear or favor of men and he walked into Mars Hill and he would walk into synagogue. He didn't care where he was. He would walk in and tell them, some of you in this room today know who I am and you know what I did and you know where I was and you know who I persecuted. And some of you were there when I held the cloak as they were stoning Stephen. But Paul did not run from who he was. Rather, he embraced it and said, it gives me understanding that the grace of God is so much greater than anything that I've ever done or ever been or anywhere that I've ever been anything that I ever tried that should have frustrated the grace of God. It's made me realize all the more that I was a sinner, but thank God Almighty, when I repented of my sins and I was baptized in Jesus' name and he filled me with the Holy Ghost, I am not what I used to be. You see, I still believe in the same Holy Ghost the Apostle Paul had. I don't believe in this new Holy Ghost that people promote that say, look, you received the Spirit of the Lord. Now just stay happy. 
Do what you want to do. Just keep on living how you want to live. Oh, no. The Holy Ghost that Paul got, when he got the Holy Ghost, it made him want to quit sinning. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? Paul didn't get in the same old business he used to get in. But he started making statements that resonate with my spirit today, such as this. He said, my old man has been crucified with Christ. He said, it's not I that live. It's Christ that lives within me. I'm telling you, when you've received this Holy Ghost, you can stand up and declare that old things are passed away. Behold all things. Have become new. If you believe it, shout hallelujah. So, uh, nobody had to convince the apostle Paul that it was a worthy cause to preach the gospel. Paul preached the gospel not out of fear that somebody would find out who he was, but rather because he figured they probably already did know who he was. And so I say to you today that There are people sitting in this house that your past has held you captive. And you're so afraid that people are going to find out who you are and where you've been and all that. And, and, you know, I understand nobody wants to live in their past. And forgive me if I sound really insensitive right now. I don't don't mean to at all. I don't don't want to sound uh, contrary or insensitive. But, you know, people are so worried that folks are going to find out that they were human. And the only thing I can say about that today, and forgive me again if I sound kind of brash, but I I just want to offer a little offering to you. Who gives a rip? I mean, who really cares? I don't care what they think about you. I don't care if they point their crooked finger at you and judge you and say, Pastor, you know what they did? Because when the blood of Jesus gets a hold of you, That's the kind of apostle that would start writing, going through the whole list, adulterers and fornicators and, oh my goodness, what a terrible life they live. And he starts building up the church and you can hear it as he's reading through it. He's saying they were liars and they were fornicators and they were adulterers. And it's like you can hear all the spiritual people in the room saying, get them. Go get them, Paul. Preach on them. Go get them, Paul. Wear them out. And all of a sudden he opens up his mouth and he says, and such were some of you. Hey, I want to tell you today, you won't be the first alcoholic that he set free, and you won't be the last. You won't be the first liar that he set free, and you won't be the last. Somebody in this house has walked some dark roads, but I'm telling you, his grace is greater. So finally... These people get sick of hearing Paul preach it, and they said, hey, we don't want you doing this anymore. And in fast-forward mode, I'm trying to get there very quickly. There was something very interesting that happened. And I don't have a lot of time to stay here for very long, but if you want to go read it, I would highly recommend it. I would recommend that you read the, the entire book of Acts frequently, especially right now. As I was reading through what Paul was going through, I could not help but identify with the spirit that was working behind the scenes against the Apostle Paul. And so finally, 
The Jews had appealed unto the Romans and said, listen, we don't, he's, he's disrupting our synagogue. He's bringing Gentiles into the synagogue. We don't like it. And they're kind of going through some things. And so they, they offer him to the Romans and said, listen, we're going to let him stand trial before you. And so they're getting ready to flog him good. And Paul stands up. Now, there's people that disagree with this, but they're going, to have, they're going to have to deal with this scripturally, okay? Paul stands up before the Romans and he says, but I'm a Roman citizen. What's that got to do with the price of eggs in China? It has a lot to do with it. Because Paul was crying out as a citizen of Rome and saying to them, these are the laws of the land of the Romans that you cannot crucify me or kill me without true justice being done I'm a citizen of this country I'm a Jew but I'm a Roman I want to tell you people something in this house today we are still Americans and there are still rights as Americans that I believe we have every right to stand up and declare we have a right to be in the house of the Lord. We have a right to worship in spirit and in truth. We have a right to preach without it being necked down and regulated what we can preach. And if Paul could stand up as a citizen of Rome and declare his rights as a citizen, then I'm going to do the same thing today. And I'm declaring to you that until the day they put chains on this house and they better put some guards at the door too. But until that day, we're going to be in the house of the Lord. We're going to worship him in spirit and in truth. I just got puke sick. Forgive me. I got puke sick of people the first few weeks of this stuff saying, oh, you got to obey the laws of the land. I agree. I want to be a good citizen. I want to do the right thing. But when you stand between me and my worship, you just cross some lines that as a citizen of this country, I'm not willing to just acquiesce to your ideas and take it laying down. You hear me when I tell you. You apostolic children of God this morning need to hear this preacher. Don't you ever let anybody tell you that you don't have a right to worship. Well, I don't understand, Pastor, what, what we should do because I'm... I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit nervous. If they tell, tell us we can't. You know what? I've got friends in the beautiful state of California. They're struggling with their government right now trying to get things figured out. But they said, look, don't sing, don't gather, don't whatever. Guess what they're doing today? They're going to be together. They're going to sing. They're going to preach. They're going to worship. I'm going to tell you today. The devil can touch a lot of things, but he knows if he ever gets the church to shut up and quit worshiping and praising God and gets a preacher to ever stop preaching, that he's already won the battle. But I'm declaring to you today that my praise is greater than pandemic. My praise is greater than panic. I feel like having revival.
So, Paul continues to preach, and they stand before him and said, look, I, I, don't know what else, I don't know what else to do because this guy's a Roman citizen, so we're going to have to send him to Caesar. Well, this is the journey that we're on now. He's on his way to Rome, and I'm fast-forwarding in a hurry. He, he gets on one boat, and it's kind of not real good, and then he finally stops, and he gets on another boat. They put him on just trying to get him to Caesar. He got on that, and the weather started acting kind of crazy. And Paul said, uh, I got a feeling. Something's not right about this journey. And there were people on the boat, I'm sure, that were just thinking, well, Paul just wants to get out of trouble, you know. He wants to delay it. No, you don't understand. Paul didn't want to delay it. He was the reason they were making this journey to get to Rome. Paul wanted to stand before the Romans. He wanted to stand before Caesar. Why? Go read it for yourself. Because when he stood before King Agrippa and, and Caesar and all these people of great power, he stood up in front of them with his life on the line and he started testifying. He said, the thing that they're crying out against me about is the thing that I want you to know. Hey, I'm telling you right now, this is a bad time to get weak, need, and jelly back. I think we ought to raise up our voice. When they say, oh, I don't think it's healthy for you to be together, somebody ought to shout and say, it's unhealthy for us to not be together. And so... It said, Paul said, I got, I got a feeling about this. I, 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 think, I think there's going to be a lot of damage that goes on here. And so you, you can't see the picture really, but like if, if you read the way I do, it's kind of like my mind just goes to the place, right? And I, I can see this going on. And Paul stands up on this boat. He says, uh, excuse me, I have a feeling in my heart that there's something not right about this. And so the man that's over him, the centurion that's over him, turns and looks to the master of the boat and goes. And he said, ah, nah, we're good. I've been here before. I felt this before. Church family, I don't, I don't know how to break this down other than just break it down. Gerber, stop for you and get it down in your heart today. I would by far rather trust somebody that is being led by the Spirit of God than I would somebody that's being led by the spirit of Antichrist. I know I'm a pastor, so this sounds self-serving, but before I was a pastor, I was a pastor's grandson, a pastor's son. I was, I was a pretty good saint. Matter of fact, I've told my wife on several occasions, if the Lord ever gave me the opportunity, I'd probably be the greatest saint any pastor ever pastored. I think I could be a real good saint. <laughs> but when I was a kid, there was something instilled in me that if the man of God looked at me and said, I have a feeling about this journey, that there's going to be much damage and, and toil. Here was the thing that the, here's the thing that the spirit of this age considers as opposed to how I feel like we used to feel about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not an old man at all, but sometimes people act like I'm just an old fogey stick in the mud. 
But when I was a kid and, and I would hear the preacher look at me, a prophet of God would look me in the eyes and he would say, son, I feel like this is a road that you don't need to take. I felt like this is damage that I can avoid. You understand what I'm saying? But the spirit of this age looks at the story of Paul and says, well, they made it through the shipwreck anyway. See, everything worked out well. All's well that ends well. It's good. They lived through it. Now, the, the issue is some of us are recovering from wrecks. Some of us are recovering from shipwrecks that did not have to happen. Well, I made it through the other side and I'm all right. Hey, I'm telling you right now that I would absolutely rather have prevention than I would recovery. Folks, listen to what I'm telling you. I'm not trying to use scare tactics today, but you listen to me. I believe we're too close to the coming of the Lord for everybody that should know better to constantly be living in recovery mode. We don't have time to keep recovering and recovering and recovering. At some point, you just got to make up in your mind, I plan on staying saved, and I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to stay saved. So, they listened to the master of the ship, and sure enough, that old loony crazy preacher wasn't as off his rocker as they thought he was, and wouldn't you know that Euraculodon comes blowing up. I never did see Paul say, I told you so, but when it comes blowing up, it was so bad that it split the boat in half. Part of it grounded into the sand. The, uh, the other part of the boat, it just busted in a hundred pieces, just fell apart. And the scripture said that some of them were swimming to the shore, and some of them came in holding on to broken pieces. Well, you know what? I hope that at the coming of the Lord, there's some folks that make it on broken pieces. I do. I pray for mercy every single day. But I'm just saying that you got a choice today. That you don't have to come and finish the, the crossing the finish line broken. I thank God for people that hang on to broken pieces, but you don't have to cross the finish line on broken pieces. They came in, and man, if you read through this story, it's almost like you're reading news from 2020. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Standing trial, gets on a boat. That was bad weather. Probably seasick people. Gets on another one, and he says, I got a bad feeling about this. And they say, oh, no, we're good. And then they're shipwrecked, and they're swimming. They finally get to the island of Malita. And when they get to Malita, guess who was there to meet them? Barbarians. This is not a bad movie. It's the book of Acts. The island that they happen to swim to is an island that has barbaric people on it. I've met some of their family. They stand up. They're dripping wet, coughing, got seawater and snot coming out of their nose. Oh, we made it. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right. We made it. And they look up, and there's a big old barbarian. Oh, that's not what I was expecting. 
Somebody speaks up and says, you know what? I think what I need right now is just a warm fire. Paul says, that's a good idea. I think a warm fire would be great. So they start gathering it up. Man, they're gathering up the wood and they're getting it together. And uh, all of a sudden, the old apostle reaches down into the wood pile. They start the fire and out of the smoke and the heat comes a viper. This is a good story, ain't it? Anybody feeling encouraged yet? The viper jumps out and grabs him by the hand. And those barbarians stood back and said, whoa, this guy's got issues. The gods are judging him. This guy's got problems and he's standing there. I'm, I'm, can I just tell you all something? I, this is a side, side note. And I, I hate to interrupt my, my sermon right now, but you just listen, Pastor. If a snake ever jumps out of the fire onto my hand, I hope you all come to my funeral. I won't die from venom, but it's going to smell really bad where I'm standing, and I'm going to be laying there with a heart attack. It was another attack that came when the viper jumped out and grabbed him by the hand, and all those people were standing around to watch the judgment of God come on him. And the Bible said that Paul, he shook it off, and it went back into the fire. And then they stood and they watched. They started, read it for yourself. It said they started waiting for the swelling. They started waiting for the viper's uh, venom to, to make him begin to swell. They started waiting for his heart to stop beating. I've got a message today. For every devil in hell that's standing around waiting for me to just fall over and quit preaching. You go ahead and send the viper, but I'm shaking it off in the fire. Somebody that's been through some stuff over the last few weeks, you ought to just make up in your mind this morning. It's come against me. I've been attacked, but I'm shaking it off. I'm putting it back in the fire. Woo! God have mercy. I wish you could feel just a little bit of what I'm feeling on this Sunday morning. Shook it off. Shook it off in the fire. This is symbolic of something. Everything you send at me, devil, you can take it back. Oh, my. I wish somebody get a little boldness in your spirit today. Say, go ahead. Send that discouragement at me, but I'm sending it back to you. Take it back, devil. Go ahead. You try to send that depression, but I'm shaking it off. I'm shaking it off in the fire. And I'm telling you, take it back, devil. Take it back, devil. Everything you've tried to do to my family, everything you've tried to do to our church, take it back. I wish somebody get bold today and tell the devil I'm sick of putting up with your junk, boy. Take it back. Oh, my, 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 my. Verse 6 of 28, howbeit they looked, I love this, when he should have swollen. I was reading this sitting in my office yesterday morning. I love this. When he should have swollen. When he should have fallen dead. But they saw there was no harm had come to him. 
And they changed their minds. Folks, this is not popular. But I, I feel like preaching to you today. I'm sorry. I'm telling you right now, it is time for God to stand up. And our faith to stand up and start turning the tide on this satanic attack that's in our nation right now. The Bible said that when God moved on Paul and he should have swollen and he should have died but he didn't, that they changed their mind. You know what we need? We need a revival so powerful that people who don't know God will change their mind. I want people to look at me and say, man, that guy should have gave up. That guy should have fell over. That guy should have quit. That guy should have went to hell. That guy should be lost. But look what the Lord has done. And so they changed their minds. They said that he was God. (laughs) Oh, no. But it wouldn't be a bad place to be for us to be so righteous and holy before God that our response to the trouble in our lives gets people confused. And they say, man, that dude's so much like God. I don't know what to do with this guy. Well, there is an answer. Paul was not God, but he was certainly full of him. He was full of his spirit. And when you get full of the Holy Ghost, it'll make you shake things off that at some time before in your life, it would have killed you. It would have broke you down like a shotgun. It would have messed up your mind. But today, you change their mind. I'm hurrying. I'm just about done. That's a promise. So, they said he was a God. But watch this now. Anybody here believe in the timing of God? Anybody here believe in the placement of God? Does anybody here believe that God has divine providence and he knows how to work and move when we're wondering what the world's going on? This right here is where I've been for the last several months. I've been saying, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're trying to put me. I don't know what you're trying to do with the church. But whatever you're doing, I want to be right in the middle of it. Watch this now. Verse 7, in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island. Somebody shout favor. Do you know what that means, the chief man? That's the chief. That's the big daddy. That's the head honcho. That's the macaroni. That's the one right there. That's the one that Paul needed to get to to let them know our God is greater. That's the mac daddy right there. And right there in that same house, there was a chief there. All his possessions. All of his Possessions were there, whose name was Publius. He received us. He lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the chief's daddy was sick with a bloody flux. (laughs) But Paul... Walks into the bedroom where the chief's daddy's daddy was. Is this your daddy? Yeah, that's my daddy. Is he sick? Yeah, he's sick. What are you going to do about it? Well, I'll tell you what, chief. I'm going to do the same thing to your daddy that I'd want somebody to do to my daddy. 
I know people don't like this, but I'm, I'm struggling finding a way to make this virus greater than God. You understand what I'm telling you? I know people died, and man, it's bad. I hate it. I don't, I don't like it, but something's about to shift. And God's about to show himself. I just believe that. I'm sorry. I just believe that. I don't believe that God is coming back for a church that's confused in days and trying to figure out what in the world we're going to do. I believe he's coming back for a church that positioned themselves and said, greater is he that's in us. If your word said that the gates of hell won't prevail, then they can't prevail. Paul walked up to the chief's father. He walked in. He prayed, and he laid his hands on him and healed him. Quick question for you. Why didn't he just pray for him outside the room? Because there's something that happens when we lay hands on the sick. It's difficult to lay hands on the sick through a camera. You don't have to believe what I'm telling you, but he's healed me one too many times. I know the power of prayer. I know what happens when they anoint your head with oil and pray the prayer of faith. I still believe it. (laughs) What happened? Well, when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and they were healed. What? Others? Yeah, think about this. God sends a Holy Ghost-filled apostle headed to stand on trial to the island in the middle of the water that's full of sick people that need a Holy Ghost-filled apostle to lay hands on them and pray the prayer of faith. Don't you wonder why God's got you where he's got you right now. Just be ready. Because when Pumla's father comes in, somebody's going to need a healing. And when God heals him, then God's going to heal somebody else. You know what this was? It was revival in the middle of a shipwreck. It was revival in the middle of chaos. FPC, I've come to tell you today what's going on in Anderson, Indiana. We're going to have revival in the middle of chaos, in the middle of doubt. In the middle of confusion, God is about to do a miracle. I don't have time to preach all of this, so I'm I'm closing. Paul, when he left Melita, it was known beyond a shadow of a doubt that that island was in better shape than it was when he got there because the power of God moved and worked. And when he finally got to Rome, you would think that when he finally got to Rome, he'd be so weary that he'd finally just throw in the towel and say, I'm tired of fighting. But when he got to Rome, he stood up in front of him. He said, let me tell you about Jesus. I know that this is a modern song and Paul didn't even know this one. But you just got to give me a little bit of latitude in my personality today and the way I feel. And the way that I think. Brother Haney, I, can't, I just can't help it. 
I just can't help it. I can just see old Paul walking in there, about to stand in front of him, and he just starts humming and singing under his breath, what do you think about Jesus? I said, what do you think about Jesus? Paul's walking in there, getting ready to face a sure doom. And I, I know he didn't know it, so just, just stay with me. I'm not trying to preach false doctrine. I just know how I feel. I believe old Paul walked in there and there was something similar to this on his mind. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. So if you kill me, then you kill me. If you let me go, then you let me go. But you are not the ultimate judge of my destiny. I feel like God's got this, and I feel like everything's going to be all right. I want to tell you today, if we stand before the Roman judge, then so be it. But I've got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. What happened, Pastor? Go read it for yourself. Here's ultimately what happened. Some believed and some didn't. Do you know what's going to happen for the coming of the Lord? We're going to keep preaching. Some are going to believe and some aren't. But I'm not going to let the ones that don't believe keep me from preaching to the ones that want it. So if they don't want to believe, then they're not going to believe. But I'm telling you right now from the schoolhouse to the White House, God is going to give his church favor one more time. I believe with all of my heart that God is about to raise up a banner and the church is going to have revival. We're going to have revival in chaos. We're going to have revival in shipwreck in the name of Jesus. You may be trying to figure out what's wrong with me this morning and why all these apostolic Pentecostal people up here are dancing around while the world's twiddling their thumbs, worried to death, biting their fingernails. I'm going to tell you why. If you've never repented of your sins, been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, you just wouldn't understand. But when you get that Holy Ghost down in your soul, just like the Bible said, It'll, it won't only just make you talk in tongues. It'll make you speak with your right mind. It'll make you stand up in chaos and say, I got a feeling everything gonna be all right. 